This episode is brought to you by Dietz and Watson. Uh, Molly, it's time we have the talk about hot dogs. Oh, oh, okay. Well, hey, (laughs) I'm looking for a hot dog that's the real deal, Matthew. Like a classic hot dog that like when you think of like the platonic ideal of a hot dog, Mm -hmm. I recommend Dietz and Watson's Dietz Dogs. Ah, well, I've heard that they're handcrafted and made using only Dietz and Watson premium meat. I can vouch for this because Dietz and Watson sent us a big box of hot dogs and other delights. And wife of the show, Lori, and I had them for dinner last night. We had uh, the classic beef Dietz dogs with uh, toasted buns with sauerkraut and pickled jalapenos and Dietz and Watson ballpark style yellow mustard. Do you think you'd recommend Dietz and Watson hot dogs for fried rice? Oh, yeah. Fried rice with some sliced hot dogs. I'm going to be doing that soon. Wife of the show, Lori, is going to be making the hot dog flour buns from Christina Cho's cookbook, Mooncakes and Milk Bread. Very excited for this. Mm, And I'm especially pleased because Dietz and Watson does things the right way. So this means like no additives, no fillers, no artificial flavors, no cutting corners. You can feel good about this stuff. Dietz and Watson. It's a family thing since 1939. Shop now at Dietz slash the right way. That's Dietz, D-I-E-T-Z, and Watson.com slash the right way. This episode is brought to you by Spoonful Magazine. What if your favorite cookbook were to refresh itself four times a year as the seasons change? That's Spoonful Magazine. Get a one-year subscription now at SpoonfulMag.com and receive free shipping with the promotion code SPILLEDMILK. That's SpoonfulMag.com, promotion code SPILLEDMILK. I'm Molly. And I'm Matthew. And this is Spilled Milk, the show where we cook something delicious, eat it all, and you can't have any. And today we are talking about French fries. And we did not cook them. No. Uh-uh. Oh. Uh-uh. No, these fries came to us uh, from our local uh, French bistro. Mm-hmm. Right? Cafe Press. Here we are in Seattle, everyone. Which... Cafe Press is on 12th Avenue, Capitol Hill. And it's it's really, it's a lovely uh, little paper container of fries. It's... Uh, the fries are like bounteously inching over the top of the, the container. They're like exuberantly poking out. Yeah. I love I, it when things exuberantly poke I out. I know a lot about that. Uh-huh. Uh huh. What I love about these for actually, well, s- screw it. Hold on. We have to go down memory lane. Oh, I'm for getting sure. ahead well, of myself. We should, we should sort of thank listener Chad because he sort of suggested this episode. Uh, specifically, I think listener Chad said that we should do uh, like reviews of fast food burger places. Uh, but what you didn't I said, tell me that. Well, here's here's why. Oh, <laughs> because I didn't think you could handle it. No, you think I'm not like woman enough? Oh, I am woman enough. No, that that's what I'm saying. I think you get into Carl's Jr. You're uh, you can't handle the big ass thick burger or whatever it's called. Are you are no, you joking? I'm which completely one, joking. Which one in our duo is the one who could really throw down on some burgers? It's I you. think we both know it's me. <laughs> I know. I was completely not serious. Here's what I did say. There is a podcast called Doughboys that uh, and their oh, whole yeah, yeah. reason for existence is to review chain restaurants including fast food burger places and they do such a good job of it that I feel like we would just be kind of eating their leftovers. And let's let's be real. I mean, we should just stick with what we specialize in, which is basically making innuendos about kitchen implements. So, right. I mean, we could probably expand that to making in- innuendos about burgers and fries. Yeah. Like, oh, let's see what we can do today with fries. Okay. So we've got this this pile of fries here, and we're going to... Um, can I start eating fries while yeah, we're going eat, down eat memory fries. lane? Thank eat you. Eat fries. Um, so, memory lane. Tell me about the fries of your youth. I definitely remember... Oh, there's a Frying my throat. Sorry. 
See, you you believed in me. You thought I could eat fries while going down memory lane, and it turns out I can't do those what things I, at the same time. I'll what choke. I love is that, like, it kind I kind of thought maybe for an instant it was like a situation where you actually had a fly in your throat, but it, but it was so <laughs> thoroughly wedged in there that you couldn't actually pronounce the L. Have you ever gotten an insect in your mouth? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Well, as you may recall, I used to ride horses competitively. I, oh, so I forgot. Yeah. <laughs> and I have had all kinds of encounters with insects <laughs> as a result. I have had, like, flies, like, fly into my eye. I've swallowed innumerable flies. I have been bitten by... Um, what are those things like uh, horse flies? I mean, they're they're big. They're not like just a big regular fly. They are gnarly. I mean, they are like as big as a quarter and they're like round. I, it did not occur to me till just now that horse flies might have something to do with horses. I don't know if these are technically called horse flies. I mean, the thing had like uh, it hurt so much. I felt like I had been like bitten by like a beaver or something. I mean, like, <laughs> like I just pictured these like giant teeth like sinking into my arm. I looked down. I remember. I mean, I was on horseback. I felt this thing on my arm. I looked down, and it was pretty much like its face was big enough that it was like looking at me. Like, yeah, I've got my beaver teeth in and your it had arm. Its, its big flat bushy tail slapping, <laughs> and it was gonna it was gonna slap in my bicep. It was gonna turn you into a dam. <laughs> I guess. Yeah. Yeah. It was going to like sort of gnaw all the way around my arm like beavers do with with tree trunks. (laughs) Anyway, anyway, I've had so many different encounters with insects. Okay. Yeah. I have nothing to top that. I've definitely gotten like a a fly flying into my mouth. Oh, I I think we, (laughs) I think I may have mentioned this that, that like a few months ago or last year or something, I got a bee caught in my sock and it stung me three times. How did I even How did you do get that? A bee in your sock? Did I, your sock like have like some giant like funnel at the top of it that was I just don't like know open how waiting? It happened. Um, it maybe it got into. Oh, here no. Here's what happened. I was wearing those like uh, awful like hipster like uh, invisible socks. Oh yeah, it I wear those all the time. Right, me too. Uh, it, they're they're bad if you don't want your ankle to be destroyed by stinging insects. <laughs> uh, but they look cool, so it's worth it. Wait a minute, but still, how did you get a bee inside one? So it, I, it now that I think about it, it didn't actually go inside my sock. It went inside like the lip of my shoe. So so you this know, sounds I sounds so painful. Were it, you like, it was horrible. Were you like freaking out and doing like a dance? Yes, a hundred percent. Yeah, because it was like it, it was worse than like you know. Okay, you get stung by a bee or a hornet or whatever. That hurts, and you're like, fuck. I wish that hadn't happened. Uh-huh. But this was like, or I, or a horsefly. Right, but I had time to like face like you know be inside the terror in the sense that it had stung me once already, and it was still in there, and I knew it was going to get me again. Oh my god! And it got me two more times. I feel like I'm and starting to panic just thinking I, about so, it. So like, what I ended up doing was I took my shoe off and like flung it down on the sidewalk and then I think I like walked home with one shoe because I was afraid to put it back on and yeah it was a yellow jacket the worst the worst animal um oh my god can I tell you how brave I was the other day so yes, I had this do. like yellow jacket you fought off a yellow jacket no, with I, your, with your this... tree trunk like arms <laughs> yellow jacket nest um, under the soffit of my house. Like just, under the what? What uh, did you just say? The soffit. The the like part of the like roof that over that hangs over the side. Isn't that like the eaves? Uh eaves I think are technically different. You usually refer to the eaves as being inside the house, I think, and the soffits are outside. Okay. Listeners of spilled milk, <laughs> if you have ever heard the word soffit before 
I oh my god! Wa- I don't want to know. Okay. Anyway, but um, so I had to get an exterminator to come out and mm-hmm. and take care of this nest. But anyway, in the process of him like opening the sliding door out onto my deck to go out there and deal with it, seriously, like two dozen yellow jackets <sighs> got into my living room. Oh Jesus! And there I was, home alone, like Macaulay Culkin. Yep. And I did. <laughs> you not- put some aftershave on your face and I- went woo. I did not want to start smashing these things because, for one thing, most of them were on glass. They were on the the glass window. So anyway. Did you put them on the glass? Well, so what I did was I went and I got a tall drinking glass, like the one you've got water in, Uh and like a, um, you know, a thin piece of cardboard. And I, like painstakingly, one by one, caught and released like all two dozen of them back outside and I was so pleased with myself. I was like, uh, I was so pleased. You're my hero. I was like, utter. I wasn't. I wasn't even scared. I was just like, hey, you know, whatever. I'm just trapping these yellow jackets and just taking them back outside. Uh, you want to hear about a recent? I'm so cool. No, you are. I mean, your your <laughs> arms are are like mighty oaks. Yes, <laughs> you can punch a yellow jacket to death with one punch. Uh, no, no, I didn't kill it. No, no, notice or, I didn't kill it. You could, but I could. you're such a gentle soul. I am that you you love even the the worst animals, which are yellow jackets. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and they can all go to hell for all I can. Um, want to hear something uh, that happened recently with me and an insect? Yeah, cool. Um, this is this is going to involve a friend of the show, Becky Selengut, and I don't know if she minds whether I tell this story or not, but oh well. Um, <laughs> friend and uh, two-time guest of the show, <clears throat> Becky Selengut and I were recently in she's Osaka, a two-timing, Japan. She's a two-timing guest She's a two-timing show? guest. She's been on oh other God. podcasts without, without telling us. She's been two-timing you. Yeah. Uh, we, uh, she and I went to Osaka, Japan on uh, a research mission, uh, meaning we once wrote a book about Japan called Not One Shrine, which is available at bookstores. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, It's really funny. Uh, and so we wanted to go back to Japan and eat more things. So uh, we rented this traditional house in the suburbs of Osaka, like with this beautiful, uh, like sliding paper doors and stuff. Oh my gosh, like like in Karate Kid. Exactly like in Karate Kid. Oh yes. my gosh. Was Ralph Macchio there? Um, yes, but he's now like 55 years old. <laughs> Bummer. <laughs> but still looks great. Oh, no doubt. Um, and, Although uh, right now when I picture him, I picture Charles in charge. Anyway, go on. Isn't that Scott Baio? Yeah, was that's Ralph unfortunate Ma- because Ralph Macchio was genuinely cute. Scott Baio was like awkward and cute. And also Scott Baio has He's turned into He's like a political kind of, monster. Yes. Uh, yeah, so one of, one of those internet monsters. So speaking of monsters, uh, we, we check into this uh, this traditional house and uh, like within the first 15 minutes or so, uh, Becky spots a giant cockroach on the wall. And, you know, it's summer in Japan. It's basically tropical. Their cockroaches will get in places. I'm not knocking this this house. And, in fact, that was the only cockroach that I saw there. So Becky's like, quick, kill it. I'm terrified of cockroaches. And I was like, okay. Um, so I forgot that uh, in order to get rid of a cockroach, you have to trap it inside a glass like you did with the with the. You mean because, because they won't die? Because they're fast. Yeah. So I thought I was just going to be able to like, grab it with a paper towel. No, no, no. As soon as I got close, <laughs> it flew. Becky screamed, ran away, checked into a hotel, and <laughs> never returned to the traditional house. Wait a minute, are you serious? <laughs> yes, but then we... Then Wait we, a minute, she would not stay in the traditional house because it had a cockroach in it? That's correct. But then we moved Becky. into another place a couple days later, and it, was, and it was fine. Were we going to do a show about food at any point, or is this uh, yeah, like so- entomologic cast? <laughs> hey, have you ever seen a giant house spider? I don't know. Oh, my God. They are really fully giant. I have had one in my house, and they live up to their name. 
You seem you seem amazingly unafraid of the animal kingdom. <laughs> I used to be very afraid, and then at a certain point, I don't know. Are you afraid of plants? No. Fungi. <laughs> Um, no, but I'm yeah, afraid I think, of fungi. Yeah, I think I'm afraid of most. I'm just gonna go whoo right past that. I think yeah, I think I'm afraid of most animals, but you know, I am not afraid of French fries or other potatoes. That's great because that's what we're supposed to be talking about on the show today. Okay, so when I was a kid, I remember frozen French fries and I remember fast food French fries, and occasionally I remember getting like steak fries, like the big thick ones, which I didn't like then and still don't like. Hang on, we're gonna get to different types of fries. Um. I pretty much only remember French fries as a fast food thing. I don't think I even knew frozen fries existed, and I don't think I've... Well, I know I've had them because a lot of places sell them. But I I think I didn't, at least, you know, as a kid, I didn't understand that probably out in the world I was eating frozen fries. Well, but I think frozen fries means two different things. So um, there's, like, the the frozen food service fries that are, like, par-cooked fries that are meant to go into a deep fryer and can be very, very good. Yes. Um, And that is, those are the fries that most of us out in the world are eating. Yes. And I have no problem with that. Then there's, there's like, Orida frozen, like, you know, bake in in the oven Mm -hmm. French fries Mm -hmm. that that you buy in the orange bag in your grocer's freezer case. See, those Those are not very good. I've never had those, and I kind of didn't really know they existed. I mean, they're sometimes better than no fries, and the curly ones are not bad, and I'm like kind of talking myself into them, <laughs> but uh, they're, they're not very good. So um, growing up, I mostly remember, so my family was a Wendy's family, not a McDonald's family. I love Wendy's. Anyway, so I remember, I, I think that my earliest experience with fries that I remember was in a Wendy's like um, kids meal. Happy happy meal? No, happy box. <laughs> what is it's called the Wendy's happy box. <laughs> <laughs> I got one they got, of those. They got a lot. Yeah, they got a lot of complaints about the name, but they're sticking with it. <laughs> I know you do. Uh, not not firsthand. <laughs> That's right, because we are not married. Anyway, um, so yeah, what what was in a Wendy's happy box? <laughs> I mean, or should I say, what was in Wendy's happy box? <laughs> Hey, you know what I haven't said in a long time? Moving right along. Okay. Uh, Anyway, and then I remember at a certain point, at some point in the 90s, learning about like shoestring fries. Yeah. Or like, like, are they ever called like haystack fries? I don't think I've ever heard that term, but I like it a lot. fries. Yes. Okay. But no, I love haystack fries. That's a really good name. I hope somebody's using that. Let's Google it, and if they're not, we should trademark it. But anyway, I remember going to, maybe it was, like, uh, so, you know, when I was growing up, my mom's twin sister lived in the Bay Area, and I remember at some point in the 90s, she worked near Zuni Cafe, and we went to Zuni Cafe. Okay. And I remember having their, like, shoestring fries Uh and a steak. And as, like, a teenager, it was mind-blowing. Shoestring fries are are awesome. And like, let's talk about what makes them so awesome because I I mean, I think the whole point of fries is, well, salt yeah, and like the magical like flavor alchemy that happens when potato hits hot oil. So when you increase like the surface area by like making the fries, making the fries so skinny, you just get more of like the deliciousness. Okay. Yeah. (laughs) You never ran out of English there. <laughs> um, yes, I agree. Not everybody agrees. I mean, some people like a fatter fry. And what we're eating here is, is definitely fatter than a shoestring fry. Like a, I would you know, say this is like a centimeter. Yeah, like a centimeter. 
in in uh, which is I, I think a really good average fry size. I think so too. Thicker than McDonald's. Um, I you know I would always choose a, ch- a sh- good shoestring fry over any other kind of fry, and I think that puts me in a in a f- fry <laughs> Oh God! Oh no! Oh, these are so delicious. Yeah, they're great. Mm. Well, well seasoned. I, you know, I want a little tiny bit of like the uh, the creamy potato interior, mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. only a little bit. Yeah, these are really, really quite perfect. So, can we talk about like like color of yes. potatoes? I mean, of of fries because so recently I went to McDonald's when I was at some airport somewhere. Got, Sound very apologetic. No, I, I. You know how I feel about the old quarter pounder with cheese. I do. I've got room in my heart for that thing. Um, I went and I got a quarter pounder with cheese and like a small fries, and they were so blonde. I mean, they were like white blonde. Interesting. And I just found myself going, you know, like this doesn't taste good. Like it was not even worth eating. That is weird since, uh, I mean, McDonald's fries are, are considered the gold standard by many, but apparently they weren't Have you had enough. them recently, though? Because I really think, I don't think my situation was anomalous. I think I have had McDonald's fries recently and they were fine. Really? Yeah. I, I don't think there, I, I, I don't think there's been an overall quality decline in McDonald's fries, except, I when don't know. When they, they switched from beef fat? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that was a big bummer for everybody. Literally everybody. Everybody. This episode is brought to you by Third Love. Third Love's 24-7 t-shirt bra is a pretty great bra. I just wore mine yesterday, not wearing it today. What happened to you yesterday as a result of you wearing Well, so the yesterday, can I tell you about bra? this? So I am the kind of person who I really don't mind if you can really see my bra under my clothing. Sure. Like, I, I think whatever. It, it's a garment like any other. So yesterday I was wearing this white linen tank top with my, like, hot pink third love bra. Vivacious. And I've got to say... I had it hidden under a sweater all day. <laughs> <laughs> but but you knew but, it was there. But I knew it was there. And let's be real, everybody who came into contact with me also knew it was there. They felt they felt the vibe. Ah, the vivacious vibe? The, the vivacious vibe the vivacious? of my Third Love 24-7 t-shirt bra. So the Third Love 24-7 t-shirt bra, you know about the great features. It has uh, super soft, smoothing memory foam cups. It has that beautifully those beautifully designed straps so that uh, when someone can see a strap, it's a treat for them and a treat for you. <laughs> <laughs> it's got gold hardware. Uh, it's durable. What else? What else can we say about this? I mean, I we've been doing third love ads for a while now, and I got my first third love bra before we did our first ad. And I have to say that these have held up really beautifully. Yeah, it, it's kind of remarkable. I've had some bras since that have not held up so well. So um, these guys last really well. It is amazing bang for your buck. It'll so, get you. Yes. <laughs> Banged for Frank, no bucks. Yeah, okay. <laughs> oh, I knew that was coming. Uh, so to get your own 24-7 t-shirt bra at no charge, go to thirdlove.com slash spilled milk, and you will get a free trial of the 24-7 t-shirt bra. You keep it for a month. You'll wear it. You'll wash it. You'll cut off the tags. If you don't like it at the end of the month, send it back, and they'll charge you nothing. So go to thirdlove.com slash spilled milk to get started. What is your ideal fry? Is it is it the shoestring fry? I guess it is the shoestring fry, but but these are a very close second, like I, a, you know a centimeter fry. I think a centimeter fry, and we're talking centimeter, like uh, would be like the the diameter, the cross section, yeah, the the uh, uh, the side length of one each side, side of the perimeter of the cross section. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> 
we'll, anyway, we'll put up a I blueprint. Think- I think this is really a perfect size fry. And I also, how do you feel when they leave the skin on? Do you want the skin on? Mm. I don't have a strong feeling one way or the other. I, If I had to choose, I would choose skin off, you know, I, I which is I, also what I put on my Tinder profile. I think I, <laughs> I think. <laughs> I'm a big so fan you, of Silence of the Lambs. So you love your, you love your dates flayed. Yeah, or or filleted, either either way. This is, this is gross. But these fries, not gross. No. So here's the thing. I think I instinctively get really excited when I see a fry with with skin. Like on. really excited? Like so excited, okay. happy box excited. <laughs> Anyway, but the truth is, is sometimes the skin does give a kind of dark flavor, and and kind of that that side not not a good is never going to get as crispy and can get have kind of like a a newspapery texture to Mm. it. So I, I agree that it looks it's it's got some allure. It does have some visual visual appeal. Yeah, I mean it's got it's got allure up to here, but does it really make for a better? eating a better experience in the mouth. I <laughs> wish I had never said that. Is there a different kind of eating experience? <laughs> well, I mean, uh, you know, there's the, you you eat with your eyes first and then with your face, I think. <laughs> with your face. <laughs> yeah, there's the aroma. That's true. That's true. So, um, I, so the one part of ideal fryness that we have not talked about is color. We need to find something to, the same way that on the cinnamon episode, we talked about the color of cinnamon sugar as being the color of a Norwegian fjord horse. Um, (laughs) Oh, yeah. (laughs) So, um, what color, what would you compare your average fry color to? I mean, your, your ideal fry color. The thing that came to mind was Shetland Pony, but I don't really know what color well, that I think is. Shetland ponies come in all different colors. Oh, yeah, okay. What about? Um, How about like a nut, think, nutmeg brown? That's too dark. Oh, that's too dark. Too dark. I think somewhere. Um, oh, uh, like craft paper brown? That too too dark? Maybe I think too that, dark. I feel like that's still a little too dark. What Cart- about cardboard like cardboard box? So that's like craft paper. Um, uh, Manila envelope. That's, no, that's, that's too, too yellow. No. Okay. This is difficult. <laughs> this is this is really hard. Oh, but this does have like a golden tone to it. Now yeah, that I look are, at these it, these are pretty dark. And I think so. Have you read Russ Parsons' book, How to Read a French Fry? No, but that is such a good title. It is. It is a book that is uh, instead of pages, it has French fries. Not true. No. Um. It. Uh. The the part about how to read a French fry, if I remember correctly, I read this book when it came out several years ago. Uh is about how to use the color of the French fry to tell you about how old the frying oil is and that there's a sweet spot for how used your oil should be to make a perfect fry, that if it's too new, the fry won't get as much color on it um, and won't pick up as much flavor. And if it's too old, it'll have kind of a you know broken down rancid flavor and be really this dark. This makes total sense. So, so you want your, your middle-aged fry oil. I fried I, by a middle-aged fry cook. While you were talking about this, I think. Hold on, I'm going to pull up a picture. I think you I figured up your color wheel. I think I figured out what color. I am so excited. This would be what color is my ideal fry color, and I and I I think that I'm sticking with with the horse analogies. Okay, <laughs> is this going to be a thing that from now on every time we eat something we have to compare it to a kind of horse? You know, I think I think roughly so roughly Palomino. <laughs> Oh, 
I think you're right. What wow. do you think? I mean, Palomino, it, 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 there are ranges of Palomino, just like ranges of like what we call blonde. In Again, a that's hair a beautiful color. horse. Isn't this a beautiful horse? I mean, but I think like this is a pretty good fry color right here. This one. Oh, can we post that picture? Can you please like save that picture off so we can we can show people? What do we think? Are we sticking with that? I think that's a real good French fry I think color. It is. I, I think it might be like. Just a little dark, but I, I'm hold on. Fine let me see it. if I can find a different Palomino, or just Photoshop that Palomino, <laughs> <laughs> like, um, like that OJ Simpson cover on Time Magazine. What about this one? Uh, oh wow, look at the tail. <laughs> yeah, okay, that's perfect. Yeah, I, this yeah. is a really good French. Not the color. tail of the horse, just the coat. <laughs> yeah, everybody, the tail is the tail considered when, part of the coat? No, no. Okay, the, no. And the mane is is, the, is also separate. It's also separate. Okay, and, and the whole thing with a palomino is it's kind of a like a blonde, a reddish blonde color, then with like a, a more blonde mane and tail. What what's a palomino good for? Like, what are they known for as a breed? Like, are they a show horse? Are I don't they know a... if palomino is actually a breed or if it's a color pattern? I well, I'm not actually as... sure because like there are all these different names for horse color patterns. Like, a, sure. like, like you would say, my horse is a bay. If it is a brown horse with a black mane and tail. Oh, that's, that's what a that bay. means? Okay. Yeah. Um, what if you say your your horse is a bastard? <laughs> <laughs> um, where So uh, if you had 24 horses in your living room and <laughs> you needed to trap them, how yeah. would you do that? Well, I think that I would, I would hope that I had a harness around and like a lead line. Sorry, I just laughed and, and boogers came out of my nose. Oh, gross. I'm glad I didn't notice. Don't get them on me. Okay, so what else do we need to talk about? Different fry shapes. Because well, I think we need to opinion. talk about fries because we <laughs> spent like six seconds talking about fries and the rest of the time we were talking about horses and insects. <laughs> Can, hold on. <clears throat> okay, so. Hold on. What about curly fries? Do you remember the cur- curly fries from Arby's? Have you ever had um, those? Maybe I've been to Arby's. Maybe they twice. have like sp- they have like kind of vaguely spicy stuff on them. Is that a thing with curly fries? It is a thing with curly fries. Um, like for example, at a burger place, which is the name of a burger place uh, in the University District in Seattle, um, <laughs> they have very tasty curly fries that have like a you know a paprika mixture on them. Huh. I wonder why people decided that was like the thing to do with. Curly I don't fries. know. I like it. So I think a curly fry is going to be typically kind of a middle of the road frozen fry, and uh, which is never going to be like a great fry. So throwing a, a little seasoning on there is is a way to to perk it up a little. I think, and I'm I'm in favor. I feel like I've noticed on curly fries and on some other fries that I've had in restaurants that there seems to be like a light dusting of something before it's fried that gives it kind of an extra crackly exterior. What is that? Is well, it like cornstarch or something? Some places do uh, sugar, I know. Um, oh, like, really? Like you soak them in like a, a sugar. Uh, dilute sugar solution to, to get like a browning on them and probably some flavor. But other than that, I don't know. Huh. Uh, maybe. Uh, I know that there's some commercial fries. Shoe polish. I know from like eating with people who cannot tolerate gluten that there are some commercial brands of like frozen fries that have been almost breaded somehow. Yeah, which that I think it that misses wrong. the point that of seems fries. Wrong. That's like turning a fry into like a chicken cutlet or something. It's like in the 80s when people were dusting fries finger. in cocaine. Yeah, man, that was just too much. Yep. The 80s, the era of excess. Yeah. I mean, have your cocaine, have your fries, but do you really need to have them together? Well, I mean, maybe like as a dip for the fries, Ooh. but it doesn't have to be like... <laughs> 
pre a pre frying cocaine breading. Yeah, yeah. Uh, what about waffle cut fries? So I just feel like waffle cut fries. I feel like they are made for the entertainment of children. I don't feel like they're actually a good product. I think I agree. Here's here's what I think about. Um, Waffle cut fries. They are so close to potato chips that I would rather have a potato chip or a fry. Agreed. Because, I mean, the thing with a waffle cut fry is, again, you are increasing the surface area that's going to be exposed to hot oil. Yeah. But But I don't know. It just just doesn't – something about the shape of a fry like that, you know, the the – long slender you can kind of fold it when you put it in your mouth like there's there's so much tactile yeah. enjoyment going on there that is that is related to the morphology of the fry that you lose when you waffle cut them god i love us on the other hand <laughs> i like how like the the ridges of the waffle fry feel when you put one on your tongue i haven't done it in a long time okay we should have gotten some of those but we didn't um, um, what about JoJo's? Okay, you you put this on here. There was uh, wait, did you put this on here? I did put this okay. on here. Um, do you? I hope you have a theory because I here's what I think JoJo's. Well, are. so I really feel like I only heard the term JoJo's a couple years ago, and I was like, is this some sort of a regional thing? What are these? Are they even fried? I have JoJo Memory Lane. I think they're. You have JoJo Memory Lane. Yeah, I think they're maybe not fries, but I'm not sure. Uh, here's here's how I remember JoJo's. There was this place in my neighborhood when I was growing up in Portland, Oregon, called Fryer Tucks, F-R-Y-E-R. That's so cute. Uh, There was a fried chicken place that also served JoJo potatoes, as they called them. And I, what I think they are is oven-roasted potato wedges. That have been dusted in something. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, okay, maybe you're right. Yeah, and I think oven fries in general, I mean, we sort of talked about this with, with frozen fries, I, I think are always going to be a imperfect substitute. Yeah, I think that you just have to embrace them for what they are. Right. I mean, mean, it's like like, it's like if you expected a roasted chicken to taste like a fried chicken, it's just not going to happen. They're both good in their own way. Yeah. Even if you put it like a get out your Dymo labeler and write fried chicken and stick that on the roasted chicken, it's not going to fool anybody. It's not going to fool anybody. What about uh, dipping sauces and or toppings for fries? So... You know, growing up, I was a, a ketchup kid, like pretty much all kids. You were you were called the ketchup kid. <laughs> yeah, and I represent the lollipop guild. Oh yeah, you were you were called in to solve any problem that could be solved by um, putting a ketchup packet on the ground and stomping on it to so the pack. The I've never pack- done that. Oh. Well, I was going to say we should do it, but, but we don't have any ketchup. Packets. We don't have any ketchup packets, and the idea of seeing an adult doing that seems like the most dirtbaggy thing I can think of. Really? I can think of so many more dirtbaggy things. <laughs> I don't know. It's like there's a thing about like you know adults enjoying like obviously kid focused mischief too much that that sort of sets off alarms for me. Kind of like when we talked about the clown cones on the uh, oh, ice cream topping episode yeah. that like an adult eating a clown cone is, is a bad scene. I think an adult stomping on, but but you should go ahead and do it. Thanks, thanks. In so your you, neighborhood. Okay, cool. Um, the ketchup I, district. I then uh, learned about dipping fries in mayonnaise, which I think is a good idea. Although like, you know, intellectually, when I really take it apart, I'm like, oh, I'm going to dip something that is like, I'm going to dip fat in fat. But mm-hmm. it is delicious. I don't like mayonnaise, as as you know, so I, I don't go for that. But I get the idea. Oh, I like that. How do you feel about dipping fries in, like, a milkshake? 
Oh, I like it very much. I can't decide if I actually like it because the truth is, is I don't. So have you ever been in some fancy restaurant where they have like tried to put potato in the dessert? Have you ever had like potato sorbet or like a potato? Um, not that I can recall. I, I, I've heard of that sort of thing going on in my community. In my community. <laughs> I frown upon it. Yeah, for sure. Um, I just don't, like, I, I can tolerate it, but I really don't want to, after, you know, there's a real law of diminishing returns. Like, you know, you put it in your mouth, you get, you get hit with the milkshake flavor, then you start chewing and then it's like potato. And I think that, how is that different from, like, you dip your fry in ketchup, you start chewing? Oh, because ketchup and fries were absolutely made for each other. They they don't exist separately. Um, okay. Uh, I think I think a milkshake and fries is fine. I also uh, wish you could get, like, a milkshake packet. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this is actually a really clever idea that I just came up with, that there should be something like a, a, a milkshake packet that is stored in the freezer, mm. And they bring it to your table, and so you can, like, squeeze out like a, a little bit of milkshake like a Go-Gurt. <laughs> yes. Um, I don't think I've ever had June, a Go-Gurt. June always wants me to buy those, like, squeezy packets of and stuff. And I'm always like, June, I'm that asshole parent in the grocery store who's trying to reason with their child, being like, right. June, those are for babies. You have teeth. Yeah, good luck. You are capable of handling a spoon. <laughs> I like, you don't I like need how this stuff. <laughs> anybody has the idea that you can convince a kid that a stupid th- kid thing is stupid. <laughs> It's like, they're on to you. I've succeeded a couple of times, but it never sticks. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, so isn't that a good idea, the milkshake packet? That is a really good idea. I I, mean, also because then I could just have like a milkshake whenever I want it. I, you know what? I'm a grown up. I can have a milkshake whenever I want. Well, me too. But, but I feel like, you know, the same way that you buy like a package of popsicles and then you've got like this wealth of popsicles just waiting for you and you don't have to do anything to actually enjoy them. Uh-huh. It would be really awesome to be able to do that with a milkshake. You're absolutely right. Okay. Uh, let's let's get on. Do you, do you know any product development people? <laughs> let's if we if you I'll, do, let's I'll get have on my them. people get in touch with those people. Okay, great. Cool. Anything else? I, I feel like there's more. Like we haven't talked we about talk sweet about, potato fries. We, we also didn't about talk about fries. Topped fries. We kind of been doing this for a while. We have do, been doing this. Do for you think a while. we can like do a fries part two sometime? Yeah. What if we did like uh like fries with stuff on them? Yeah. Like poutine, oh, chili I didn't fries. Even think about poutine. Yes. Okay. We're gonna do a fries with stuff. Animal style fries, cheese fries, chili fries, poutine. Um, Abby, put it on the old to-do list. <laughs> strawberry jam fries. Ooh. <laughs> um, Ooh. Just fries with a with a down comforter on top. <laughs> It'll be a crane and canopy down comforter. <laughs> exactly. This episode is brought to you by Third Love. Third Love's 24-7 t-shirt bra might be the most comfortable bra you'll ever own. It's uh, it's made out of super soft memory foam. It makes you look good. It feels good. What is not to love? And you can get a 30-day free trial by going to thirdlove.com slash spilled milk. If you love it, keep it, and they'll charge your card. If you don't, send it back, and they'll charge you nada. Woohoo! So start your free trial now at thirdlove.com slash spilled milk. You're you're welcome, Chad. I hope I hope uh, an episode about horses and yellow jackets uh, is what you were looking for. Uh, you can find us online at spilledmilkpodcast.com, where we'll post a picture of a, a palomino horse. Yep, <laughs> that makes us hungry. 
<laughs> and um, you can find us on Facebook where you can, I don't know, compare your favorite French fry color to, to something else. Yeah, that would be great. Uh, you can leave us a review on iTunes. That would be appreciated wildly. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, our show is produced by Abby Circatella. I was uh, I keep saying I should uh, we should be thanking her on the episode, and I keep forgetting, but I just remembered. And uh, we are lovingly supported by our uh, our our mascot Alice. <laughs> sure, who's lying on the floor right now? What does she provide? Uh, like fiscal, <laughs> she financial support. She provides moral support. Okay. For me. Yeah. I think she needs to start coughing up. She desperately wants to play with Matthew's cat, and it's just not happening. Um, as mentioned on another recent episode, that, stand, Shut up, that standoff is still in progress. No, no, no. I, I think I think listeners desperately want to know how this hostage situation is going to be resolved, and so far it hasn't been. No. We're on, like, day 137 of the standoff. <laughs> um, and, uh, and until next time, uh, thank you for listening to Spilled Milk. There's only two of us, so we should be very easy to catch in a glass and take outside. <laughs> Molly Weisenberg. And I'm Matthew Amsterberg. Did we say we were going to Chuck Mary, fuck Edith, and marry Sybil? Yeah. Okay, that was did. what I thought. I'm sticking with it. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.